Hello and welcome back to the Inspired Podcast, a podcast made to have conversations centered around being designed by God to discover and dwell. Whatever season in life you're in, you will pick up helpful insight, thoughts to think throughout the week, and leave this episode feeling inspired to know God in deeper ways. I'm Jessica, and I'm on the Inspired team here at X Church, and I'm joined by my friends Janice and Megan. In the spirit of spring on the way, we thought it might be a good idea to go ahead and clean out those toxic friendships. Too blunt? The truth is, we can all be some level of toxic. In this episode, we talk about what it looks like to have toxic friendships. We identify what those relationships look like and have a conversation around what to do about them. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. We are back again. Here we are. Episode, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. One of them. (laughs) Um, we're happy you're here, wherever you're tuning in from. And today, although we might be in the middle of an ice storm or some freezing rain or maybe sub-zero temperatures. Whoever knows in Ohio. Yeah, it could all happen in one day. Spring is right around the corner. I know. I know. Daylight savings time is going to be starting <gasps> oh, I did see that on the calendar coming up, hour. and I was so happy. Uh, me too. <laughs> I just love it when it's light outside for a long, long time. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. My bedtime gets later, but it's okay. <laughs> I have more joy. <laughs> My birthday is on the first day of spring, March 20th. Oh. So it's just always had a safe space in my heart. How old are you going to be? 24. <laughs> 24. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm oh over man. a decade older than you. I'm not even going to talk about how many decades. You guys so are just, just yeah. wise. I learn from you every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is yes. all right. Although my allergies may be taking a toll this spring. I don't know who's with me, but <laughs> they're already setting I in. I just never... Well, I'm not going to say that because then I'm going to suddenly appear with allergies this spring, but <laughs> I really have never had bad seasonal, seasonal allergies. I just learned that antihistamines cause dryness. Like Weren't you your, a nurse? I was an ER tech. No one came to me with their Claritin. It was more like... Trauma. Can you sew my arm back on? Yeah, and like <laughs> tragic injuries. But I guess when you think about it, that's why my eyes are dry. Mm. But along with allergies, a sprinkle of ice here and there, my birthday, there's some, maybe some spring cleaning, you know, in our future. Oh, yeah. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I have a question because I feel like since I've moved to Ohio, this is something that I've learned that several people do here, like for my friends and I've never heard it before, but (gasps) do you clean your walls? Oh yeah. What is that? I have never heard. Well, okay. I think it goes way, 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 way back because I remember my mom doing this and my mom talking about when she and my dad were first married, the house that they were in, the furnace was coal burn coal and that creates all kinds of like dirt and soot Mm -hmm. on the walls and so in the spring when you didn't need the furnace anymore you cleaned it off and um you know we had wallpaper because it was and it was the real wallpaper paper yeah like not sticky Mm, yeah and um and so she had wallpaper cleaner it was actually the forerunner of play-doh what 
Yeah, play. Look it up. Look it <laughs> up. Like I play. Like my kids play with something that used to clean. Yeah, the original Play-Doh, the company that made what? that. Before that, they made wallpaper cleaner, and it was like that. It was in. Like I mean, I used to play with that stuff. My mom used to give it to me because it was, you know, fun. <laughs> it was blue or green, and you, you know, could do all that. A dual purpose. Yeah, right. But you would use it and rub it on the on the wallpaper, and it would pick up all the the dust and dirt. Oh, that is genius. Yeah, and then eventually that company, which I think is in Ohio somewhere, then developed Play-Doh. <gasps> wow. Well, can I ask you something else while we're like learning about all these things? This <laughs> I is ingenious. Feel like I bring these. <laughs> okay, but here. I really also want to know. In Ohio, this doesn't happen in Texas, but in Ohio, why do people in the winter raise their porch swings up really high? Because you're not going to use them. I don't but know. why in the world would you raise your porch swing up high? Have you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I don't have a porch swing. I've I'm not asking if you had a porch swing. I'm asking why because people do know, this. We know <laughs> that our kids are that. going to get on that in the middle of the winter, and then or somebody know. might sit no, on that it doesn't and make slip sense. and fall. No, yes, that's it's putting things away for the winter. Well, the only reason, or the only reason I can think of, is if you, especially if you're, because I see like older houses that have like you know front porches mm-hmm. that hoist their porch swing up all the way and I one time only one time I've seen people stack wood under it so I'm like maybe it clears space on the porch to stack wood because you like you have a wood burning stove or something mm. and that's the way you heat your house but if you know the answer to this please email I don't know please email maybe so it's like not swinging around as much yeah I don't know right, is it so more windy in the, the winter wind. I don't know it's just putting things because up. we got a porch swing for Christmas and we put it up and this is this I was thinking about it. I'm like am I supposed to put it up all the way to the <laughs> roof or like, <laughs> because every once in a while we'll go out and sit on it in you the gotta, freezing cold but you gotta yeah. jump up there no it's not that high <laughs> climb a ladder low. to get to your porch okay. swing <laughs> I have gone way off the beaten path <laughs> spring cleaning oh man okay I will be wiping my walls because I feel well I have little kids at home so my walls constantly have grime yeah. on them yes. from I will little say hands i only wipe them down when i can like see, see. <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. and i'm five two and so when i wipe them down i only get like half three-fourths of the yeah, wall if that so <laughs> yeah and you have to start from the top and yeah work your way down yeah. so that means you have to get up on a ladder yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i mean in the spirit of spring cleaning and tidying things up maybe getting rid of some dust laying around I think we should talk about cleaning up our lives a little bit maybe dig into toxicity and handling toxic relationships dun, dun, dun. is there a cleaner for that <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah Play-Doh. does Plato make a putty for that one <laughs> nope no. I think that's good yeah I like that yeah toxic friendships Spring cleaning in toxic friendships. And everybody just thought of somebody. So oh, this ouch. is for you. <laughs> this is for you. Not to be sent passively aggressive no. passive aggressively no. to that person. But tune in. Um, I'm sure that you'll hopefully be able to relate yeah. and get some like practical Yeah. We I mean like there's gonna be some super practical takeaways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. Let's dive into what is a toxic relationship. How do we identify that? What does that look like? 
first of all, have you ever been in a toxic relationship? I've been or in friendship? toxic friendships. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, naturally, one thing that I notice from toxic friendships is I love to do things for people because I think that's just like my natural, I don't know, tenden- tendencies. And so when I find myself in a toxic friendship, I often like walk away from interactions feeling really exhausted and like depleted and just kind of like I am pouring like all of my energy into this mm-hmm. and not really mm-hmm. give getting anything yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. You give you give more than you take. Yes. Which I'm okay with. However, when I do need help from that friend or I need something from that friend, more often than not, I found that that is unavailable to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's been the hardest struggle for me is just putting so much into people and not feeling like I have someone to count on. Mm. So basically it's, it's like you don't, it's not, there's no, what's the word? Reciprocity. In other words, you're not getting anything yes. back. Yes. Um, you know, that's true. If you have a friend that basically is kind of like a black hole of need. Yes. Woo! Yes. And they just kind of nail on the head. Yep. Suck it yeah. all out of you. You know, yeah. um, your expectation has to be with that friend is that's the kind of interactions we're going to have. Yeah. And that may not change. And so this is not going to be a friendship where there's going to be a right. two way street where I will be able to go to this person and say, I'm having a bad day, you know, and talk right. about it and have yeah. it not have them not turn it totally around and make it about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, f- I feel like in uh, friendships that I've been involved in that have been toxic, I, I always I walk away from the friendship and feel like I'm not enough. Mm, and yeah. I think that mm-hmm. just as a person yeah. in my personality, I think that's probably one of my biggest fears is that I did something wrong or that mm-hmm. who I am is not enough. Mm-hmm. And so when I, I've noticed that I've been in friendships or actually let's say this way, I noticed that I, that's my kind of indicator. My red flag and my red light is like when I do walk away from a person mm-hmm. or an interaction or a conversation and feel like I, I just am not enough for them or like, yeah. What I, whatever I do, whatever I say is just not enough for them. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. that for me, that's like a, it's a red flag. I think yeah. another one too is if you, after an interaction with, with someone that you find yourself questioning, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. who you are and questioning oh, yeah. how you do things. I, I think of this, especially, I remember, um, a, a friend that I had when my oldest son was just a couple years old. And she had children similar age, mm-hmm. and we would spend time together because that seemed like the natural thing right. because we were both young yeah. moms, and then we have kids and all this kind of thing. And she would leave, and I would just be sitting there feeling like and questioning everything about how I was mothering oh. and everything about mm-hmm. that because she everything was just wonderful. Her child was perfect, and everything mm-hmm. was great. And then I don't know what it was. My, my, my compliant, complacent, son would suddenly be the child who was throwing Legos, you know, and stuff like that. You know, it was like, Mm -hmm. it was bad. But I, I was like, I can't sustain this Mm -hmm. because I just ended up questioning everything. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, you know, the term that people use of gaslighting where someone makes you question your reality and Mm -hmm. question everything that you thought was right or, or that, you know, what really is the truth in in a relationship. That's a, that's a really big red flag. Oh, it's so real too. Yeah. yeah. And people, a lot of times, this toxicity is 
like it's a disease of the heart. And so it's coming from a place of hurt from that person. Mm -hmm. But I think what is even more like hurtful is that a lot of times in those toxic relationships, we might even feel guilty for identifying that in someone because of what we know about like what they're going through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so there's guilt around like saying no to someone because, well, they're going through a really rough patch and Mm -hmm. I don't want to say no. And yeah, I feel or like, like you don't want to be the straw that broke the camel's back and like yes. send them into some sort of rage or yes. depression or yeah. like, which is not healthy because that means you're walking on eggshells around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they haven't created the space or the freedom in the friendship for you to be able to, I mean, it takes time, but that means that they haven't created the space or the part of the friendship that allows you to like speak into them yeah. because it's yeah because really or or you you know you have the the person that you feel you have to walk around on eggshells kind of what you were saying it's like am I going to say something or do something that's going to set them off whether it be in yeah. anger or just you know say they're struggling with depression or whatever but um sometimes keeping the peace at any cost just ends up costing you a lot. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's some of what you have to look at is saying, is, is this friendship, this, you know, really costing me a lot? Is it costing mm-hmm. me my peace? Is it costing me my self-esteem? Is it yeah. costing me, um, you know, just m- my time? Mm-hmm. All of those things. Those are all things to look at too. Um, and again, I think it's also, it's like, what are your expectations? Is this yeah. going to be a, a relationship or a friendship that I'm I'm basically going to be like a support person, and that's okay mm-hmm. because sometimes we do have those right. p- those people. Yeah. But if I it's think you're right with the expectation. It's yeah. like you can't you can't go into a relationship or a friendship of someone that has a track record of being a an emotional black hole and mm-hmm. think that I will be like this. This is going to be different, and I, mm-hmm. like they're going to be able to meet my needs because. Yeah that a lot of times that doesn't happen or I'm going to be able to fix them. Oop. Yeah. You cannot change someone's life. I had a really that wise so person big. tell me that like what she saw, like this, we talk about this all the time. We talk about surrounding yourself with wisdom and surrounding yourself with healthy friendships and surrounding yourself with people who are older, wiser, more experienced in certain areas of their life. And, um, this person once told me like in, in a friendship that I was trying to make work because I felt like I, that was like, I just felt like I need to take care of them because Mm. if I don't take care of them, nobody else will. Mm. And she told me you're not her mother and you're not her sister. Like meaning not like her physical mother or physical sister. But, um, like, I think that when I look back in, in my past, like I was a, like a, fixer and Mm -hmm. like I had younger brothers and so I mothered them Mm -hmm. and I babied them and I was their sister and like even now like Trey has told me before like has heard me interact with my brothers like just they're adults now I'm like (laughs) I just can't help it like you know sometimes when they say things I'm like why are you thinking like that or like Mm -hmm. that's dumb or whatever and what I've had to learn is like I'm I don't play that place in people's lives anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm always going to be a big sister and I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm a mother myself, but to other people, Mm -hmm. I'm not like, I'm, I don't need to have it my mission that I can fix them. Yeah. Or I can make something in their life better because 
really what that does is diminish God's ability. And, and me saying, if, if I think I can step into friendship right. and if, if I think I can fix them, that diminishes God's ability to be able to step in their life and like that I lack control in God being able to be that for them mm-hmm. mm. instead of me. That's good Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I actually, um, I firmly believe that toxicity is a disease of the heart. And I, I think one of the big misconceptions that we've touched on is like, if only I could be the one exception that changes their heart. Like mm-hmm. imagine how great that could be. And when well, we do it's that. wanting to be the hero. Right. <laughs> and are we doing that for our favor, mm-hmm. for their favor? Um, and I think we really do take the power away and the faith away from God because he is the only one who mm-hmm. can change hearts. Mm-hmm. Like he tells us he will take away a heart of stone and restore in a mm-hmm. heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. Not I will give you the means to do this. Mm-hmm. It's I it's will do this alone. and then I will replace it. Yeah. And so I think that and that was a big realization for me because I am like, I have that people, that people fixer, um, side of me and I want to be that for people and one thing that I had to realize was that the best that I can do is just be a light that will hopefully make someone say oh my gosh like what is that Mm -hmm. and then slowly allow those doors to open that would allow for a heart change in them Mm -hmm. yeah well and also what that means is you know a person can be toxic, but we can still be rooting for them. And mm-hmm. I think that's our job as yeah, Christ good. followers and sisters and brothers in the faith is that we are rooting for our sisters and brothers in the faith. Mm-hmm. Like they might have like, you know, like toxicity is a disease of the heart and they might be dealing with that, but we need to be the ones, maybe it's not like, maybe we've set up boundaries to where we're not like the ones speaking into their life or whatever, mm-hmm. but we still need to be in their corner saying like God is for you and he can do, do this in you. And, you know, like I believe that and I'm here for you and, you know, go you. I mean, I think it's important that we, as, as much as we can, I think it's easy that we can see indicators of toxicity. Mm -hmm. Um, and know, I think a big part of it is discernment too. Um, Mm -hmm. knowing when to step in and when to, Mm -hmm put up boundaries um and i think that it can almost be like almost a situation by situation because i think that there's sometimes where we have people in our lives and sometimes the door is open to have a relationship with it and sometimes it's not and yeah. sometimes we have to realize that someone else's you know that's someone else's place to speak into them or whatever yeah. and so i think it's a lot of discernment like yeah. praying through like is it me that steps in is it yeah. me it, you know yeah I also think it's important to consider that toxicity can be seasonal and it can be environmental as mm-hmm. well. And so maybe it's just a season of their life where this like disease is being projected onto you and being taken out of that environment. Like just because one of your friends you have established is toxic towards you does not mean that you can never be friends with them again right like for them it might be a change in season or a change in environment well that that kind of goes along with the cancel culture that we were talking about Mm -hmm. is like if you just cut people out then you're Mm -hmm. i mean you're severing ties burning bridges and that's a sign of toxicity (laughs) (laughs) it is it is well yeah it is you know i was just sitting here listening to you and and thinking about 
you know, the actual word toxic, mm -hmm. which is that it's, it's poisonous. It is detrimental to life mm -hmm. if something is yeah. toxic. And I think that's one of the ways to help define and to pinpoint what's going on in a friendship. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, this is, if this is draining life out of me or it's damaging life in me, mm -hmm. then that's something I need to look at. And really, just like you were saying, in those kinds of situations, our job is to point that person to Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know I've been in situations where, you re for example, you realize that maybe a friend has become really, really dependent on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dependence is huge. That's yeah. hard. Depe dependence is huge. And then if you are yeah. a person that is... But I, I want to fix people or mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I really I want to help and all that. It's really easy to get enmeshed that way mm -hmm. and it can get mm -hmm. really unhealthy yes. quickly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, your family is looking at you. What do you mean you're running off to go help this person or do whatever? Yeah. What about us? You know, oh. yeah. you know? and that's Dang. not good either. It's, that's yeah. a great indicator that I need to be looking at this friendship. And sometimes in order to recognize that it, it takes somebody on the outside. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was going to say that. To look at, yeah. to say, do you see what's going on? Mm -hmm. Because I think, I know for myself in this one particular situation, it was like, it took someone else to say something to me because I yeah. thought I was doing the Christian thing. And you mm. were being God's helper. Yeah. yeah. I was, you know, I was loving this person and I was yeah. helping them and doing all those great good things that I was supposed to be doing. And it wasn't healthy yeah. at yeah. all. Yeah. I was going to say about the other people pointing it out to you. I think that when we identify toxicity around us and... You know, okay, so sometimes we find ourselves in toxic relationships and we need to know what to do. Okay, I talked to someone today that said that they didn't even know they were in a toxic relationship until they got out. Mm -hmm. So I, I know that happens. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's almost like you need to be on the outside looking in to see like what was really playing along. Mm -hmm. I think there's also the category of we know we're in a toxic relationship and we need to get out, but we don't know how. Yeah. And then I think that there's times and spaces in lives where we've maybe, you know, have the wisdom under our belt to know and to be able to see the red flags of a toxic person walking right up to you. Yeah. And so whether you fall in the first, second or third category, I think that like we're going to walk through like identifying it and then what to do, um, you know, leading out of it. But I do think that like if, if you're a place, you're in a place in life where maybe you're recovering from a toxic friendship mm -hmm. or maybe you're, you know, you're finally, you're finally out of one and you feel free and you feel kind of, you know, away from like the chains of that friendship. Um, what do you like? some some of the things that come to mind in order not to step right back into a toxic relationship or a friendship would be to be able to, well, first of all, you can ask God for discernment. Mm -hmm. and, for, and for wisdom. Oh, he gives it for free. I mean, it <laughs> says that in James, it says that in Proverbs. Um, so we can ask God for wisdom and he gives it freely. But also, um, like, notice, take a look, and don't rush into it, but take a look at their friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do, th do they have, do they have centri or, um, concentric circles of friends? Because I, I really do feel like, healthy people have concentric circles of friends. They have a really small inner circle, like yeah. two or three. Yeah. And it. then they have another ring outside of that where they have people that they do life with maybe. And then outside of that, they have acquaintances. And even outside of that, 
they have reputation of a good character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. look at those things from the inside to outside and see, because like I've, I've seen a toxic person from a distance. And if you, if you watch them long enough, or if you take notice of their habits and their character, you notice that they don't have a whole lot of people around them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that like, cause I think a lot of us are introverts and like, you know, we, we probably have a small, a very small circle, but outside of that, what is the reputation of the character? Yeah. And their interactions with people That's that will good. tell you a lot. That's good. Mm-hmm. I think too, when it comes to that, those concentric circles, when you get to that smaller one of two or three people, I think one thing that is really important, especially if maybe you're listening to this and you have that mindset of like, I'm in a perfect relationship and there's nothing that could possibly be wrong here. Or maybe you've, you've been one of those people that didn't realize you were in a toxic relationship until you were out of it. I think that's when the importance of that small circle comes in. Because I think when you have two or three people max that you allow to speak into your relationships, I think that is where the wisdom comes in and you can really filter. That is much easier to filter truth from than if you had 15 acquaintances Mm -hmm. speaking in. Yeah. And so I think that 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 accountability that comes from those two people who have proven to you that they have your best interests at heart and that you have learned like from their wisdom, I think that accountability is crucial to someone being able to be like, hey, Megan, I think that, you know, this might not be what you think it is. Mm -hmm. And you can also, I receive that information much easier from an inner circle person Mm -hmm. than I would from an outside acquaintance. Yeah. Well, of course, because that's the person that um, you have had some vulnerability with and you have mm-hmm. some intimacy, intimacy in that, you know, they have let their walls down. You've let your walls mm-hmm. down. And so, yeah, you know, reciprocity that, like you were talking yeah, about earlier. I mean, yeah. so that is That's good. those are the people that can speak into your life. You know, you don't let absolutely everybody. And I think that's one of the things when you have a toxic friendship is that that what that person is speaking to you is is attacking you personally and tearing yeah. you down mm-hmm. then and you've let your walls down so that you're doing that that is that is can be very very damaging mm-hmm. and that's yeah. where those other folks and say you know you spend time with this person and then I talk to you and you are just like you you know you're going to go change your hair. You're going to do, mm. you know, you're going to start mm. doing this differently. You're going to start doing that differently because this person over here is telling you that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or that's the better thing to do. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's, that's true. That I think God provides us with counsel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through healthy relationships. Yeah. So that we know where to, where to put our walls, where to put, I guess, yeah. more boundaries rather mm-hmm. than walls, but where to put our boundaries. Yeah. Megan, you were we were kind of discussing the idea of this whole theme and mm-hmm. you brought up a few, a few different kinds of toxicity mm-hmm. and one of them blew, blew you away. Can you tell us yeah. about that? So whenever I hear toxicity, I always think of like the friend that constantly talks about other people and like brings down your mood and just drains you of all energy And I never even, I stumbled across an article that was about 
positive toxicity. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of it before, but I've never been like, I just picture that as like, have a great day. I love you all. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But it's actually like very damaging. Like, I love you. I, have a great day. Right. Like, don't be sad. Where's your smile today? Like, and that's, that is just surface level of like a huge issue. And I think especially when it comes to the Christian faith, it is that that can cause a huge divide between Christians and non-believers because, and I'm guilty of it time and time again, this article just completely blew my mind. And it was, it was written by a Christian and he was pleading, begging other Christians to take note of this. Um, and it's this toxic positivity that comes in the form of a blanket statement of faith in order to solve someone's hurt. Mm-hmm. And so what that would look like is um, if a friend came to me and they just had the most tragic day of their life, like their <laughs> friend got in a car accident and is on a ventilator, and I said, God will bring healing. Let me pray with you. Mm-hmm. Okay? I've done that before. Not that specific scenario. But I've, been, I've put my Christian cap on and said, what Bible verse can I apply to this? And I think that in those times, that is not what that person is looking for. No. I think unless they specifically ask, hey, do you have any biblical sources that you think would help me in that situation? If that is not their specific request, I think that what that interaction tells them is that, A, you are not listening to the hurt and the anguish mm-hmm. that they were trying to express to you. And B, you're providing them with this very shallow replacement for faith in the hope that Jesus can bring. Because saying God will provide healing, that without any follow-up, it is true. You are speaking truth. Well, it's almost like you're you're dismissing their pain Mm -hmm. in order to, like, give them a Band-Aid. And, like, you can... You can sit with them in pain and still trust that same statement that you wanted to say. Yes. And it probably, that statement probably would mean more if you sat in their pain with them. Yes. And showed through your action and your time and your love mm-hmm. that God can bring healing. Yeah. I think what happens too is it's, um, you both touched on this, is, is that it's uncomfortable being with someone in their pain. Mm. It's it na- is. It is. It's mm-hmm. natural for us to say, I really want to avoid pain. Mm-hmm. And emotional pain especially is can be very um, disconcerting and very upsetting when you are with someone because you want to some way you fix it. You, you know, make them feel better and alleviate that. So in other words, your motivation is really good. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that the way you try to solve it is you, you want to try to fix it. And when we were talking about this and kind of, you know, saying where we were going... This, a scripture came to me, and this is one, and it's only because I have been the recipient mm-hmm. of my more than my share of toxic positivity. Mm. And um, in Jeremiah eight eleven, it says, "They offer superficial treatment for my people's mortal wound. They mm. give assurance of peace when there is no peace." Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the translations I read said it was like putting a band aid on things. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, when you have someone whose arm has just been ripped off, you put a band aid on it's not really going to do anything. It might make you feel better. Like you've said something, you've done something. Yeah. That's me. Or let me even say this, like the Christian, you said, I've planted a seed. Oh, mm. oh my gosh. Thank Ugh. you. <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's like, it's like going up to someone who is, um, 
just gone through a really found a, a, a really hard diagnosis. Mm -hmm. You know, they're facing all kinds of uncertainty. Um, you know, they don't know what the future is going to hold. Am I going to be able to afford to pay for this? Mm -hmm. This is a lifelong disease, whatever. Mm -hmm. And and then saying to them, well, you know, God won't give you any more than you can handle. Mm. That is one of my don't get me started on that one. <laughs> because I truly believe, I mean, there's a kernel of truth in that. Yeah. Right. But you better follow yeah. that up with the reason why is because he's the one who mm -hmm. makes you able to handle it. Mm -hmm. In yeah. a way, he does give you something that you can't handle because yeah. otherwise, what would you need him for? Yeah. If, you know, otherwise, instead, it's like this is going to drive you to him. But sometimes you just have to sit with people, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that's the one thing that Job's friends got uh, right for the first Job. seven days that yep. they came to him. All they did was they sat in silence with him in his grief yep. and yeah. his pain and his questioning. Then they got off the track and started telling him it was all his fault. But, right. but for seven <laughs> days they did get it right. And sometimes that's what we want. And it's like, just be quiet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. zip it. You yeah. know, I think, I think one of the errors that we make when it comes to this toxic positivity, and I really like this, not really analogy, but this point that I read, is that we use hope and positivity interchangeably. Mm -hmm. And there's a very distinct difference mm, between that's them. Good. Yes. In that positivity is trying to make the problem go away, or at least trying to get the person to stop talking about it, because mm -hmm. we are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So let me throw a, a verse out there or a, um, an eight-word message of positivity and hope that that shuts down the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And then hope is when you acknowledge the struggle and the pain while you also point them to the promises that Jesus has given. Mm -hmm. So I think hope puts the soil and the nutrients and the water under the seed that you're planting. Mm -hmm. And I think that the positivity aspect may be the seed, and that's great. But without those other elements, mm -hmm. it's not going to go anywhere. That seed. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I know um, <clears throat> after, after my husband passed away, I was a recipient of a, a, a large quantity <laughs> of mm. toxic positivity. And really, and it was like it got to the point where I finally just, rather than let it get me, down or make me feel bad or whatever it's just it was just like it's okay they mean mm. well yeah, yeah. they uh, they yeah. just don't understand and that's and that's I give them grace in that you know um things like everything from well you know he's with Jesus mm. you're like I know that <laughs> dumb dumb <laughs> and I'm like you know and part of you inside is like yeah, he's with Jesus, but he's not here with me. I know, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't take away the the gap that you feel. Yeah. Like you're yeah, you're excited. Yeah. That he's or you know. or or the one of, of well, you know, God you know, God just needed him there. Mm -hmm. Because you're thinking, I need him I here. I need him here. Like even just hearing this is making me uncomfortable and I wasn't even there. <laughs> or or and you I know, know I've said well, something like that. I know, I know, I know. You know, he's it's like so much better for him because oh. you know, he doesn't have you know, he's not sick anymore and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's in my mind you're thinking, I know all that stuff, mm -hmm. but I'm over here bleeding right yeah. profusely and you're just telling me I should just be happy yeah. and then part of me is like yes I am happy that he's with Jesus I am happy that he hasn't doesn't have to deal with well with and his you also issues. in the process of grieving 
he is with Jesus and he is happy. It, it's a it's a part of grieving, but it comes later. Yeah, it comes right. in, like a lot later yeah. in grieving. Mm-hmm. So wait, I'm glad you're saying this. I think we should just talk about what not to say when someone's <laughs> grieving. <laughs> oh, because wait, you are lying if you're listening and saying that like you've never had that like going walking up and having to speak someone to like speak to a relative at a funeral and mm-hmm. no not knowing what to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please don't say. Um, God just got, you know, heaven just got another angel. Gained another angel. Because number one, angels are created beings and there aren't going to be any more. They're not, they don't turn into angels. Okay, please don't say that. I feel like I'm going to go home and write apology letters. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, there is, there is, well, okay. I want to point out that in your wisdom and in your big compassionate heart that you, okay, so we, we're talking about, toxic positivity and you have said like you knew that they were coming from a genuine good place yeah Mm -hmm. and so i think that take away from positive toxicity or toxic toxic which one are we calling it toxic toxic positivity yeah okay yeah Mm -hmm. that you can keep in the back of your mind that you know you might be a recipient of Mm -hmm. that but also it's that they mean well and they come from a good place. Mm-hmm. I think that the problem is when you're you're surrounded by a chorus mm-hmm. of toxic positivity yeah. and you no longer know like what's negative and what's positive because all these people are just shouting <laughs> yeah. positive things at me and well, I'm supposed to believe this. And you really put yourself in a place where you're getting, you kind of beat yourself up because mm-hmm. you're like, well, if, if I was just as positive as them, then mm-hmm. I guess I would be better or all yeah. right. But yeah. mm-hmm. why do I feel this way? Like being in a, a place of, you know, lots of positivity can almost be like, well, something's wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, the other thing is that um, things things that do help and things that to say is, is just, just, to, just to say I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just say that you're sorry. Yeah. Um, that you you know that I know this has to be I I know it's I can tell this is really hard you're going through a really hard mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. you know um, those are things that help because then you're acknowledging that person's yeah. pain yeah. you're acknowledging yeah. that and not trying to gloss over it to make yourself more comfortable because that's kind of what happens is yeah. it's like we're uncomfortable with somebody yeah. else's pain um, you know one one that I hear is like people say oh. You're going to be fine. You're really strong. Mm. Oi! Yikes. And it's like... You're yeah. like, yeah, I'm strong enough to punch you in the face. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't think that. That would be so mean. <laughs> Just mean. Well, but, but it's like, uh, but I'm not... I'm feeling like a, a puddle of mush on the floor right yeah. now. I do yeah. not mm-hmm. feel strong. And and instead, it's, it's instead to come alongside and say, you know, I'm here. Yeah. Do you need a hug? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. kinds of things, you know. And I think whatever your your pain is, whether it's the loss of someone near to you or you struggle with anxiety or depression, um, I've talked to several friends in the past week leading up to this episode, and I just asked, like, what type of interaction would you classify as healthy and doesn't leave you with, like, a feeling of to- toxicity? And the overwhelming majority have said, I want someone to communicate with me and just ask what I need. Mm 
like to look at me and say, do you want advice? Do you want me to listen? Do you want me to help you try and solve this problem? Because I think that naturally we all want to jump in, provide advice, solve the issue. And And move on. Right. (laughs) There it is. Yes. And a lot of times, and Janice, you could even speak into this if you've felt this too, but if we just accept being okay with not truly understanding what they're going through and just saying, I will be here to listen and I will be here for what you need when you need it. Mm-hmm. Even though that doesn't give the satisfaction of an answer or a solving the problem or breaking your anxiety or bringing you out of that depression, I think that from what I've heard and even what I've experienced sometimes, I just want people to listen and to acknowledge that they don't understand. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. yeah. To say, it, it's one thing to say, I just can't imagine what you're going through. It's almost like you can say, I, I can't imagine what you're going through, but I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, if you need a hug, I'll, you know, I'll give you a hug. Or, or even just to say, can we just, can I just pray with you? And yeah. just, and pray in a way that doesn't, get positively yeah don't like start your prayer and being like god (laughs) you are just so good (laughs) please just remind your child of your child of your goodness because there's a clear gap in knowledge here and you just need to restore their faith oh there's nothing worse than being the recipient of a prayer like that because you want to grit your teeth and say lord could we get this prayer over really quick picturing like hands on a head in a circle (laughs) (laughs) and the the center of that circle wanting any way out oh yeah (laughs) there is no way out yeah but no, that's. I think that that's a really good thing, Megan. Just say I can't. I can't imagine what you're going because if you haven't, and even when I talked many times, the Lord has put me in the place of talking to women who've lost their spouses. Mm. You know, and I can say to them, I'm on this same journey, but mm-hmm. I can't say to them, I know exactly what you're feeling. Yeah, because I good. don't. Because mm-hmm. everybody's. Yeah situation is different whether it be Mm -hmm. grief loss of a job Mm -hmm. you know betrayal in a marriage or whatever even if you've gone through those things you have an understanding and you maybe have an more of an inside track than someone who hasn't yeah but that's you don't know exactly but you can say you know and and the hardest thing is not turning it onto yourself and say oh i know exactly because when i went through this it was well then that makes it all about you again yeah and And that's toxic yeah (laughs) and i think that 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 goes to show that this negative toxicity and positive toxicity you can it's like a swinging hammer like you can flip from positive toxicity and then find yourself in a situation Mm of Mm -hmm. negative toxicity like if you are receiving advice from a friend and you might be that friend that is like I need you to move in with me and be my therapist and (laughs) be there whenever I need anything and also make all my decisions for me. And then you have become a source of negative toxicity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think that's, that's when it comes to boundaries. I know we've, we've talked about that a lot, but I, I'm wondering if like practically, I think that we can have boundaries in the way we talk, the way we think, and even in like, like we've already talked about who we trust. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot to be said about healthy boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is what I feel like as we've been discussing, because I feel like when we started the episode, it was like, Megan, you even said it. Oh, you just thought of someone. 
Who's toxic? <laughs> but I feel like, and I, f- I mean, even you said it yourself. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I've said that before. Oh yeah. And we were talking in the context of toxicity. So yeah. in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so we started and like, cool, we can point the finger at like this person's mm-hmm. toxic, whatever. But as I'm sitting here now, I'm like, dang, do I, do I give off toxic vibes? Oh, and, yeah. and I think that it's important to ask ourselves that, um, because I think that to some degree, like we're, we're all on a journey of emotional health, mental mm-hmm. health, spiritual mm-hmm. health. We're all on the, the, that journey and that continuum. Um, I think that there's, you know, there's always parts of friendship that I learn um, about my the way that I am a friend to people and also the yeah. way that people are friends to me. And so maybe you're thinking like, maybe I've said those things before or maybe I do that and that's not... Oh, like they're telling me I'm toxic. Like, hold on. Don't, you know, run away or (laughs) think that we're calling you toxic. I think that really the question to be asked here is in my friendship, is there authenticity? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I think that whether it's positive, negative toxicity or whatever, is there authenticity? And Mm -hmm. am I being just truthful? Like you said, like sometimes um, or like you said, Megan, that mm-hmm. sometimes what you found with asking these people is just, I just really want people to say like, I don't know, or yeah. I don't, I don't know how to help you, or I don't know how you're feeling, or, you know, just to be honest, to say like, you know, you're not trying to fix them. You're not trying to make everything in their life better, but you're, you're coming as a stance of like, I don't know what to do. I'm just and I'm available. just sorry. Yeah, and yeah. I'm available for you. Yeah. yeah. I think that that the, the authenticity can do so much in our friendships moving forward um, with, just, with just being authentic. So let's get back on the track to, you know, if, if you do find yourself in a toxic friendship, what do you do? And, like, so we've thrown out the word boundaries. We've thrown out the word counsel. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the first, the first step that we talked about that we really nailed down is identify, like, what, what mm-hmm. is toxicity and how do we identify it and you know we we could be in it we can be outside of it Mm -hmm. or we can be in it and know that we need to get out Mm -hmm. um and then so but I think that we when we talked about counsel I think along with the counsel piece is the confrontation piece yeah and confrontation is a hard word but it's um I mean I'm gonna say biblical because I can think that Paul and Barnabas had confrontation and they split ways Mm -hmm. um and that that's an ax and they d- they didn't see eye to eye on something and they split well ways and God used them here and God used them there so mm, it's not good. like God severed their friendship and he didn't use either one of them yeah he right. he broke apart the friendship and used both of them yeah and so in our in our surrounding ourselves with good counsel, having those people, those concentric circles that are helping, like that inner circle, it's helping us point out where there might be toxic relationships. We also need to ask ourselves through prayer and discernment if this needs a confrontation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we need to confront good. that person to say, hey, this, I, like, this is what I feel like our friendship, our, our friendship is hinging on the wrong thing mm-hmm. because I feel like this and you do this or whatever. And, can I just say, like, can we just do that with respect? Yes. Snaps. Absolutely. <laughs> can we just be decent human <laughs> beings and yeah, not, I mean, like, as much, like, it's okay to point 
something out that you see wrong in something and also say, and I know that I'm not perfect yeah, and I'm not doing all the things right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's a whole nother layer is like, how do you mm-hmm. confront someone? But I think there's also wisdom in not confronting a toxic person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, yeah. I think you can set boundaries for yourself and not necessarily confront someone about all the ways that they've wronged you. Like I think in your conversation, when you interact with that person, you can, um, one piece of advice that I got, I thought was really good was being careful in your language and having boundaries around your words so that you're not speaking in a way that allows space for them to interject their advice. And so you can still be cordial and have conversation and not open up every aspect of your life for them to speak into. That's mm-hmm. good. And mm-hmm. I think that that was so good. That's called guarding your heart. Guarding mm-hmm. your heart and being, like, really careful with who you trust. Yeah. Like, too. you don't have access to this part of my life. Yes. And that is, like, you can't speak into my parenting. Mm-hmm. You can't speak right. into my children. You can't speak into my marriage. I can still be cordial and have a conversation with you without allowing you the space or even the time mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so good. I think it also depends on maybe that particular friendship, the history that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you've actually known this person for a long time. You have a yeah. history together. And then something has happened and this the friendship has become toxic. And I think you would probably deal with that a little bit differently than you would someone yeah. who maybe... Uh, you know, maybe you work with them and they, and you've, you know, you've gotten together outside of work and things like that. And then you find out, oh man, this is not good. That you're going to handle that differently too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas the person that you have a history with and you really have maybe some investment back and forth. And now you're saying, oh my gosh, this is not good for me. You may have to, that person you may need to sit down with rather than just ghosting them and just, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. And really as Christians, we shouldn't be doing that. I mean, um, we should be at least spending some time to say this is, you know, why I'm not going to be getting together with you every yeah. week or something right. like That's that. Good. Well, in Romans twelve eighteen, um, if it if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that peace does not mean I'm your BFF and right. everything we do together is great and everything's fine. It right. sometimes it just it means being respectful, like respectfully setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. And you know, as Christians, we have um, we have the uh, the I guess you could say the tool in our toolbox that we can be praying about these people. We mm-hmm. can be praying about our friendships. We can be praying about saying, like you said, discernment. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. How do I handle this? Yeah. How do if I'm going to be confronting someone? Because really, confrontation. You're really doing it for yourself, mm-hmm. in a way. You're you're saying this is, this is what's going on. This is how I feel. This is what's happened. Um, I really would like this to change, but you're conf- you're confronting them. May or may not have that result. <gasps> yeah. Thank you for saying That's that. Good. Because that just like is a, a big like oh my gosh ding 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 light in my head because I'm like a lot of times where I've gone into confronting someone I've expected a response from them Mm. 
And I just walk away really upset and really mad because I expected them Mm -hmm. to receive it and be like, you're right. Like Mm -hmm. I am a horrible person. And (laughs) do you forgive me? And let's make everything right. Like, if I'm being honest, that's how I, like when mm-hmm. I confront someone, I want them, I want to lay out in my head. This is how it goes. Like I lay out all the things that I have wrong with you and our relationship. And then, I mean, like, and then I just expect everything to be, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'll fix those for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's great that you said confrontation is really about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also it helps then, def- it helps define what's going on. Because if, if they're really invested in their, and they're healthy, they're going to, at some point, it may not be right that instance because when you're doing something like that, oh, yeah, they may nobody, have to go walk oh, away and frozen. think about it for yes. a while. Yeah. You know, but but they've if it's really something that's that there's some health in it, they're going to come back and say, you know what, maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe this yeah, was good. going on or that or that. And if not, and they just you know, that's it, then yeah. you know. But in the meantime, you've said that because maybe at some time in the future when they run into somebody else that they hear the same stuff, they're going to go, ooh, that's the same stuff that Mm -hmm. Jessica told me. Common denominator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that in addition to praying for discernment and praying for the other person, I think one thing I've found myself doing is like praying for my own mindset shift of like when I approach someone who I've had toxic interactions with and they respond to me negatively like lord give me the mindset to know that that is not who i am and to not be affected so deeply by those that i change something about me yes Mm -hmm. give me the confidence remind me of who i am and just let me go in there with a mindset of i'm approaching this in a biblical way showing the fruits of the spirit Mm -hmm. and if i don't if that's not reciprocated I understand why, because I know that they are not coming from the same place. Because I think you absolutely can confront someone and say, like, I think really highly of you and I really respect you. And this is why what you've done has made me so upset. Like, that's why this has upset me so much, because I love you. And, like, I think so highly of you that when you did this, it hurt me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we can still use words like that not necessarily that like you don't have to shower them with love but I think (laughs) I think that I think that goes a lot further than hey this was really messed up and here's all the things you did wrong yeah oh definitely like explain why all the ways you're so taken aback (laughs) right right yeah and and you know and you're right in that I think in our culture it's it's like get rid of the toxic people in your life. Mm-hmm. Tell them what you really think and all this Cancel kind of thing. Them, yeah. You know, right. You just, you know, you, you're mm-hmm. going to walk Ghost in, them. drop the bomb, walk away, right. you know, drop the boom. mic. <laughs> right. And just feel like I've did <laughs> I'm it. right. Yep. I'm yep. right. You know, and let them deal with the mess. Yeah. And that doesn't, that number one, that doesn't help you. And yeah. it doesn't definitely doesn't help them. And, and if you do this as a, as a Jesus follower, it, it really damages mm-hmm you know, your, your reputation in a way as, Mm, as a follower of Jesus. Um, you know, I think, and also too, you know, you're saying that like you're going in and they, for example, they don't receive it and it's just, and it just, the stuff just comes, comes at you at that point. What you have to do is you have to be a duck. Quack. I was going to do it. <laughs> quack, quack. Anyways, you tell have, me what you mean by this. You have to be a duck, which means that 
you need to, whatever they say and whatever, you have to just look at them and say, I'm going to be a duck, and it's just going to go like water on the back of a duck. It's going to mm. roll right off. It's not going to soak into me. Oh it's not my going gosh. to I was like, where is she going with this? <laughs> so that makes so much That's sense. Good. Those feathers of a duck, those are so smart. You know, <laughs> and they do, and it just it's just going to roll right off of me. I'm, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's I, good. That I'm not going to... It, I know where that's coming from, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to take that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the very last step in toxic relationships is also to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like, of course, pray before, pray during. But I think one important thing is pray after. Because I think over time, like, if we start putting some distance between us and toxic relationships, I think over time... It can be our natural tendency to say, well, I was the healthy one and I cut Mm -hmm. them out and they're still unhealthy and Mm -hmm. I'm healthier now. And I don't think that's the right mindset because like if we're all on a journey, if we're all learning, then we don't need to be like gloating over someone else's, you know, lack. And um, I think it's really important to, uh, and I also, when you cut, toxic people out they don't disappear they Mm -mm. don't just go away um a lot of times it's received lots of backlash and a lot of times you are looked at as the bad person because if they have a posse around them and if they have a group of friends then they can say well look what she did to me and Mm -hmm. she did xyz and everything and so you the fallout of that is like that you're gonna put yourself in a position where you might not be looked at in favor yeah. By everybody. And what you can do that or then is pray for that person because mm-hmm. it's really hard to slander someone when you're also praying for them. Right. Out of the That's same good. mouth is hard to slander and to encourage. And so in Matthew five forty three through 44, uh, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's our duty as as Christ followers is okay. So we might've set up some, uh, that's another thing is pride that comes from like setting up some boundaries, like can make mm-hmm. you feel really good about like, okay, awesome. Go me. I just got out of this toxic, yeah. toxic relationship, but be careful that, that that pride sneaks up because that pride is going to keep you from praying for your, those who persecute you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it's, it's just important. And, and then another, like one last thing is, um, respect. And like we threw this around earlier, but be a respectful human. I mean, yeah. and, and like what comes to mind, like don't going, don't, don't go around airing other people's dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. It's not your place. Mm-hmm. Like for like, sure. If you need to tell like your close counsel, like, okay, this is what happened. And right. then yeah. that's fine, but don't go around making them look any right. less than because they were creating the image of God as well. And so when you're bashing them and dragging them, their name through the mud, you're not doing yourself any good mm-hmm. and you're not doing them any good. Yeah. And it also does not exude the fruits of the spirit. Love, <laughs> joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Boom. I think that is something that I've been like over and over again convicted on because I'll find myself like in the heat of the moment like leaving a confrontation and being like, you will never guess how that went. And then just like, like it's all just like, (laughs) and like, that's not my business. That's not my business to tell, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that 
part of it is we want, we have this notion in our head that everyone is eventually going to hear the story. So you want to like prep You want to be ahead of it. Yeah. Right. And that is just not the case. No. Like mm-hmm. three people over from you, I guarantee they have never heard of anything you're talking about with the person next to you. Mm-hmm. So that is just like a false reality. And so for me, like guarding my tongue after situations like that has mm-hmm. been really difficult and something that it's like constant and it's at the point now where I'm like immediately convicted after and I'm like I shouldn't have said that was not my business to say and I think that that's important is when we realize like that's something that I need to guard yeah better that's a good advice I think it's a a natural desire at least I know for myself is I hate being misunderstood Mm mm-hmm and so yeah. the tendency is going yeah, to say, I'm going to explain good. my side of it. Straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to set Just the so record you know. straight. But I think we can rest and trust in the fact that the truth always comes out at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And sometimes it's just by us living and being consistent in who we are. Yeah. That eventually all the people who may, you know, like you said, <laughs> with the posse and saying, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe she did this or did that. <laughs> yeah. And said good. this and, you know, that the truth will come out and they're going to say, Oh, maybe now I see it, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think the, the idea of just not getting into gossip and not getting into, you know, I want to get somebody on my side. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Cause gossip can be true. Like, it's not like you're, it's, it's not a rumor. It, it can be true and you Mm -hmm. might be speaking truth, but is it your truth to speak? Like, is it your business mm-hmm. to speak? And that's yeah, what I ask myself. That's a good point. Even if I'm telling it, like, historically. Here are some facts. This is exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> is it that person's business to know? That's right. Yeah. That was good. So, kind of just summing up. Did you have any more thoughts? No, go ahead. Did you? Mm-mm. That was good. Did we just lay it out there? I kind of wish there was a Play-Doh form now, though. <laughs> like, after hearing all that, I'm like, can we just skip all these steps and put them into a, a Play-Doh that a giant we just... ball of dough. That'll just collect all of our toxic dust oh, I think yeah. from our lives. Just roll it on there. <laughs> okay, so we we identified. We're, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, so we, we talked about you could be in three camps. You could be mm-hmm. in a toxic relationship and not know how to get on in it, out it, oh, sorry, out of it. <laughs> You can be in a toxic relationship and have no clue that you're living in a toxic relationship. Or you could not be in one, but it would be wise to know what one is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from those, we can identify what toxicity is. We can surround ourselves with wise counsel. Mm -hmm. And then we can pray about confront or not confront. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes not confronting is better because it can just be a big yarn ball Mm -hmm. that's all messed up. Um, and then establishing some healthy boundaries and then praying for that person and showing them respect. Yeah. The fruits of the spirit. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So if you, if you have any thoughts that kind of tack onto this, um, feel free to email inspired at the X dot church because we'd love to hear, you know, feedback and hear your thoughts on this. And, you know, it's, you know, we have three people at this table, but you're always welcome. And your insight is also appreciated. And so just email in. Yeah, if there's something you would like us to talk about, mm-hmm. let us know. Yeah. All right. Oh, good. 
Thanks for joining us today, and we will see you for another exciting episode next week. Okay, bye. See you then. Thanks so much for listening. Our hope is that everyone who hears these episodes, near or far, would know that the invitation at our table is always open. You might not be sitting at this table, but our desire is that you would join in on these conversations. So if you were inspired by today's talks, send us an email at inspired at the x.church. We'd love to hear your thoughts, stories, and questions. And as always, don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts.